What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. I'm here with Joe Volpe once again. We are back on this Friday. Did we ever leave? <laughs> nope. Same spot. Um, <laughs> we are hitting the mailbag today. Thank you guys for providing your questions uh, to Joe on Instagram and to me. Uh, we appreciate you guys. And we picked uh, the 10 questions we think that will potentially help uh, the most people. Um, a combination of that and a combination of questions that we liked. So mostly a combination of questions that we liked. Um, so, so, so we're going to go through that guys. Uh, again, like just really appreciate all the feedback on the podcast that we've been getting. Um, and, you know, appreciate all, like all the commentary and, 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 and all of the, I guess the uh, engagement that we have received uh, throughout, you know, in the stories to kind of like, get your questions answered on the podcast. So we, we appreciate you guys. Um, so Joey, let's get right into it, man. Let's start with the, with the first question. Awesome. So I got a list of questions here. I'm going to be reading them out. We'll both go back and forth on them. The first question I got in my Instagram uh, from Kevin underscore Crandall one, any lines wide receiver worth taking a flyer on later. So this comes with the news of, especially with Brashad Perriman being cut. The top three wide receivers on the scene on this team seem to be Tyrell Williams, who's still in and out. Uh, you have uh, Monroe St. Brown, day three rookie, and then Quintez Cephas, who had a touchdown in the last preseason game. So, are you targeting any of these three guys late? Are they worth even picking up, or are you just not even bothering? I'm not bothering uh, in terms of like drafting any of these guys. I think this is a waiver wire situation. This is a wait and see type of situation because I, I don't see the upside with any of these guys. Um, I don't see the upside with Amon Ra. I don't see the upside with Tyrell Williams, who hasn't been fantasy relevant since 2012. And, <laughs> and I, 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 I Quintus Cephas, like I like the prospect. I like him, but I just, I'm just not sure I can trust this offense right now. I know the ball has to go somewhere. I get it. But I really think that this offense is just going to run through uh, TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift uh, and this running game. Um, and I know that their defense sucks and they're going to have to throw the ball, but it might be distributed. I don't know who to pick. So when I don't know who to pick, I could have a favorite, which I do, and that's Quintez Cephas here. But it doesn't mean that like he deserves one of my late-round shots. There's way too many wide receivers that are relevant in drafts. Now, if I'm in a 14 team league, sure, maybe I'll take a stab at one of these guys and it would probably be Quintez. Um, but outside of that, like I probably, I'm not taking a shot on any of these guys. I'm curious to, to hear what you think. I know, I know you were a Quintez fan. Yeah. I'm just curious if you're taking a shot at all. So as I mentioned, Tyrell Williams coming off a serious injury. Um, uh, what is it? Brashad Perriman, he got cut. Amon Ross St. Brown, day three rookie. And look, like Quintez Cephas, if this is really how it's going to be, if we're going to have Tyra Williams running on whatever side he is and taking away the number one coverage, and then Amon Ra, maybe he's playing the slot, maybe he's not on the field at all because he's a day three guy. And then Quintez Cephas getting the optimal coverage when you have TJ Hawkinson over the middle, DeAndre Swift in the backfield. I mean, he's a deep threat guy. I think we're going to see three or four or maybe even more games this year where Cephas just catches a long touchdown, then he's viable for that week. So if I have to pick someone, it's going to be Cephas. But like, again, there's other guys who are worth taking. So 
I'm just going to, you know, pass on it as a whole. Because Tyrell Williams, he's not going to get, like, he might technically be the wide receiver one of this team, but he's not going to get wide receiver one targets. So it's it's not worth it. Agreed. Awesome. So question number two, also coming from Instagram, we have from March Mercanti. He says, advice for Superflex Leagues. So we'll take this as what's your strategy for uh, Superflex Leagues. So for me, um, I try to get, I try to staple my quarterback position with maybe like a top 10 guy, like a, uh, depending on where you're willing to take these guys, maybe like a Ryan Tannehill, Jalen Hurts, uh, Tom Brady. If you want to reach for a guy like Kyler Murray or Dak, if they fall to the right spot, I understand that. Um, and then my second quarterback is going to be like, it's going to be Trey Lance. It's going to be a, uh, a Trey Lance and you can pile him with, uh, I don't know, Zach Wilson, Kirk Cousins, someone like that. And just kind of ride it out. It used to be Cam Newton, but you know how that went. So um, I think that's, and, you know, and that you have that guy who's going to start and then he ends up being your third quarterback in rotation too. So I think a Kirk Cousins piled with someone like, uh, piled with someone like Kyle, Kyler Murray, and then topping that off with a guy like Trey Lance, I think it's perfect. Yeah, I, I the way the way I've been approaching Superflex leagues this year is um, if I'm going early in the in, in round one, um, I am drafting that early quarterback. So I'll be drafting the Patrick Mahomes or the Lamar Jacksons or the the Kyler Murrays, right? And I think. Honestly, like the guy who has like one of the most upsides this year is Kyler Murray, right? Um, but if I'm towards the end of the first round, I'm looking to see how when that quarterback run starts, and I'm looking to see, you know, if a ton of quarterbacks are being taken in that first round. Because, you know, if you're at the point where like the best quarterback on the board, you know, at the end of the first round is like Dak, or if it's, um, you know, Who's 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 after Dak? There is it Russell Wilson. Um, if that's who's at the end of the first round, that means that you better start taking quarterbacks because if you're towards the end of that first round and you don't take uh, one of the top quarterbacks with one of your first with your first or second pick, that means that you're gonna not you're gonna be left with slim pickings as your quarterback one. Um, you know when it comes back around to you uh, at the two three turn. Uh, I'm sorry, that wouldn't even be at the two three turn right? That would be at the three, four turn. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. If you're at the one, two turn, you'll be at the three, four turn. So at that point, it's going to be slim pickings. And will a guy like Jalen Hurts fall to you? Probably not. Will a guy like Ryan Tannehill fall to you as your quarterback one? Probably not. So mm-hmm. you're going to want to take one of those quarterbacks uh, with one of those picks right there. That, that's how I feel about it. Um, now, moving on, if you don't end up getting a quarterback worth one of those picks, um, some of the quarterbacks that I end up, you know, targeting into quarterback leagues that I'm okay with as my quarterback one is guys like Jalen Hurts, right? Is a guy like Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Uh, is a guy like sometimes Aaron Rodgers falls a little bit as well uh, for whatever reason. Um, guys like that. Justin Fields, Trey Lance, obviously two guys that you have to keep an eye on, but you have to play it very strategically because you have to make sure that whatever third quarterback you do grab is a starting quarterback and you're going to be able to start him while those guys, you know, aren't starting games just yet. Right. Um, that's, that's the next thing. Um, Zach Wilson is somebody that I am okay with taking as my second quarterback in a two quarterback league 
because I know that he's going to start all year long. He's going to start in week one. He's looked good in preseason. He has some weapons. He's in a good offense. And like, he's somebody that I'm okay with late, very late. As a matter of fact, even in, in two quarterback leagues or super flex leagues, um, given the fact that I can really stack up on running back wide receiver, grab that tight end if I need to, um, and still be able to grab, grab Zach Wilson late. Uh, he's been one of my favorite late round targets as my quarterback too. Now, you, only because you can't really trust Justin Fields to be a quarterback too, or Trey Lance as your quarterback too, straight off the bat, right? So if you can get like Zach Wilson as your quarterback too, and then like you said, you know, uh, somehow draft, you know, one of those guys uh, as your quarterback three and who will eventually become your quarterback too, that'll be obviously even better, right? So um, the, one of the pieces of advice that we always say too is like in, in a super flex league, in a two quarterback league, make sure you draft a third quarterback always. Yeah. Like don't, don't leave your draft without that bench quarterback because this is, you know, this is not a situation where like, you know, one of these quarterbacks gets hurt, gets hurt and you grab their backup and you start them. Like that's probably going to not work out so well. And in a super flex league, you'll end up just starting one of your like running backs and wide receivers in that scenario, because those backup quarterbacks usually suck and they're usually hot trash. Um, it's different in the running back, right? So you can argue that in a super flex league, quarterbacks are a lot more, um, uh, what's the word that we always scarce, right? Then yeah. running backs are right. Quarterbacks are way more scarce because running backs have replacement level, talent sometimes behind them or replacement talent workload behind them and they end up producing and the last thing i'll add to that is that (laughs) (laughs) add to that small little burb is that um if you're drafting a super flex like pay attention to what everybody else is doing because i've seen super flexes where it's like the entire like there's maybe like seven quarterbacks taken in the first round and i've also seen super flex leagues where maybe like a quarterback isn't taken to the third round. Like it exactly. happens. There's no real rule on when to take these guys. So if you're picking first, I would pick Christian McCaffrey. But, um, you know, if you're picking anywhere else, see what you want to do. I mean, I'm literally in a league right now. We're in a two quarterback league and Patrick Mahomes was taken at the two at the start of the second round. And another quarterback literally wasn't even taken until the middle of the fourth. And this That's is ridiculous. a two quarterback. It's ridiculous. And this is a two quarterback league, but you just kind of have to go with the flow and just kind of, you know, it, like I'm not taking, I a hundred percent would have taken a quarterback at two in the second round. A hundred percent would have taken quarterback in the third round, but I'm like, nobody else's. So I'll wait, I'll wait on it. And it worked out and I got some pretty good players. So go with the flow. I guess is a shorter way to say that. <laughs> that was um, a shorter way of saying the whole, my whole soliloquy that I've had. But yeah, nice. Go ahead. Soliloquy. I like that. Number four, uh, number three. Sorry. So we talked about this a little bit on the Wednesday episode, which is we can call it. Um, Patriots outlook with Mount Matt uh, with Mac Jones, and that's from Eli Gaffin. Eli's been uh, following me for a while now. So as a Patriots fan, um, as someone who likes Cam Newton, uh, y- you know this is uh, this is not going to be a run heavy offense. I'm sure this is a team that still wants to rely. Uh, still wants to lean on the run a little bit more, especially with that strong defense. But, you know, this kind of makes Jacoby Myers a top 30 slash top, more like with, with how deep it is, probably a top 40 
wide receiver. Um, this puts Damian Harris in a great spot to get those goal line carries. I mean, Cam had 12 rushing touchdowns last year, so that's a ton of opportunity that just got handed off to Damian Harris. Um, James White becomes a value this year, and uh, both the tight ends, Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith, are much more worth that look late in drafts. So, uh, yeah, just overall, this kind of helps everybody. I think you nailed it, man. I, I really think I, I think you did. I mean, Damian Harris obviously gets the biggest boost for me uh, by far just because he's not going to have anybody vulture goal line touchdowns. I don't yeah. think uh, Mac Jones is anywhere as good, you know, a, as a quarterback sneak option as Tom Brady was. So nope. <laughs> it's one of those things where, like, you know, all those golden carries are going to go Damian Harris's way. And he has the upside of getting, you know, 12, 13, 14 touchdowns this year. It's, it's very possible. So um, he's still going to be a touchdown dependent option. Uh, because he's not, he's likely not going to be in, too involved in the passing game. Uh, but at the same time, he, he is somebody that uh, does get a, a, a decent boost with this move. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're going to jump to number four. This is from Austin.F underscore 1012. It looks like what you is... went to the uh, fantasy.football.analyst school of uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. Instagram naming. <laughs> hey, SEO, it's working. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what is Gus Edwards' ceiling and floor? So we don't have to do a full, you know, breakdown analysis on this one. His ceiling for me would be a – no, I didn't call you Hey Siri. No. Um, his ceiling okay, – good – is, I would say, a top 15 running back. I don't envision him being a top 10 guy without – at least in PPR, without that pass catching work. His floor – I mean, his floor is anywhere outside – the top 30 and just kind of like he, he would really have to just lose a lot of work, not be consistent, not be efficient. Uh, there would a lot, I, I think he's good for finishing somewhere in the mid to late twenties, but I, I don't think he's going to finish outside the top 30. I think your RB 15 ceiling is spot on. I'm going to say RB 16 is his ceiling. And I'm going to say RB 27 is his floor. I'll, I'll give him an official RB15 ceiling and RB33 floor. I like that. Or like 30, that. 31. Yeah, 31. 31. Got it. I see, I see, the, <laughs> I see all the math that you just did to, to, put, to put up there. <laughs> the picture of like, uh, what is it? Uh, Zach Galifianakis where he just goes like this and all the math equations like pop up. Exactly. That's, that's, that's literally what I meant. I meant. Uh, by the way, guys, um, we go into Gus Edwards for like – like 25 minutes in the last episode on the Wednesday yeah. episode. Uh, same thing with the Mac Jones Patriot outlook. We'd spend like 45 minutes on that. So you can, you can, if you want more details on what we're talking about here, just go listen to that episode. Absolutely. So fifth question here. Uh, I have the fourth pick and he didn't specify whether it was PPR or half. Let's call it PPR. Yes. Um, do I pick Henry or Camara, or should I reach for Zeke? That's not, that wasn't the question. Hmm? That wasn't the question. It didn't say Henry Camaro or should I reach for Zeke? The question that you sent me was Henry Camaro or Zeke. Well, I, I, that's how I wrote it down. Got it. So I can give you the, he said reach for, but I was just kind of doing a shorter version of said question. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, cool. I thought you were already putting me at a disadvantage by just reading that question <laughs> like that. No, no, no. So what do you think? <laughs> oh you're asking me oh i'm sorry of course my bad okay sorry i thought you were gonna go first um listen i'll be honest with you like i am if i'm if you give me 20 drafts 
Okay. With the same pick. I'm picking Zeke 12 times and I'm picking Kamara eight times. That's kind of how I view it. Yeah. Um, I I don't think this is like a definite answer. I, I like Zeke slightly more because I do think that his overall opportunity um, is going to be greater. And I do think that he's going to be in a better offense. Now, the Saints offense is going to be fine, but I think that I'm going to assume that Dak, Dak Prescott is going to be healthy. I'm going to assume that, assume that the offensive line is going to stay healthy. And this is going to be an elite offense who is going to be running a shit ton of plays this season. And Zeke is going to get a ton of work. Now, Tony Pollard does exist, but I do think that Zeke is still going to get like 70% of snaps. I do think, I still think he's going to get 75% of the running back touches in the, in this backfield. Um, and he's going to be extremely involved in the passing game with, with Zeke. Like, listen, with, with Dak healthy last year, Zeke was on pace to hit 80 receptions, dude. Like that's what Kamara gets all the time. And on top of the 80 receptions, he was going to get 20 plus carries. So yeah. like that, type of volume is like amazing right and, and it, apparently he's looking better th- this offseason in terms of like his weight and, and his health and the way he's moving around um doesn't look like how he was looking last year because honestly from what i saw last year it was not encouraging man it really wasn't like in terms of how he was moving around but he had covid he was hurt he was definitely hurt as well um so it seems like coming into this up. year yeah. yeah, it was a lot of things going going, and Dak wasn't healthy. The offense wasn't good. Um, there's a lot of things going up going against Zeke last year, and I don't want to make excuses for him. But I think going into this year, it's one of those things where like I had to look at all the all the factors of this year, right? Similar to Joe Mixon, right? Where like things things weren't working out for him, right? For whatever reasons. But going into this season, you got you got to kind of take a look at what kind of opportunity he's walking into. So that's kind of how I view Zeke this year. Um, Alan Kamara, dude, like you just can't go wrong, right? The the talent yeah. is undeniable. Um, I think the fact that Latavius Murray is not the two anymore, that's super interesting to me because Latavius Murray was seen the field some last year, right? Like, is there a case for Kamara to get even more snaps this year? It's possible. It is because the fact that if Latavius isn't that dude, is you know like is are they just saying that Kamara just deserves more of a of a more more time on the field because we know who he is, we know what kind of elite talent he is, um, and then without Michael Thomas, obviously to start the year, you know we saw what kind of target share Kamara was getting without Michael Thomas. Now when Michael Thomas comes back, will that go down? Sure, if he does. but he's. If he does, yeah, and the, dude, the upside of Kamara, if Michael Thomas doesn't come back, like you gotta take that into account of that possibility of that happening. Whereas he has the upside; he always has the upside to be the overall RB one. Period. Um, you know, in even non PPR formats, to be honest with you, because we know that he can score. We know he's good, good in the red zone. He's good on the goal line. Um, the overall opportunity, like Zeke, is not going to be there, um, but most likely Kamara is going to be much more efficient in the passing game. So, you know, you kind of, you kind of do it, do that with what you will, but you know, Kamara isn't the type of back who's going to give you 300 carries on the ground, right? He's probably going to have somewhere around 220, 225 max. Yeah. I mean, Kamara for me is the easy pick here in PPR. Um, If you're in standard or whatever, that kind of makes it more difficult, but I've just been, you know, pretty big on Kamara. And I think we touched a little bit on that 
in the uh, other podcast as well. I don't hate Zeke, and I don't really hate Henry all that much, but um, I, I'm definitely leaning Kamara out of the bunch of those guys. Um, okay, so guess what? We have an ad here. So I want to talk about Empire Fantasy Football League. If you guys are not familiar with this, um, Empire is it basically combines DFS tournament sizes with season-long roster management mechanics. Uh, the goal of Empire is to build a game where everybody could play against each other, and that's what they did. There is no manager limit um, to play. It's free, and the first place gets $1,000. If you want to learn more about this, you can go to empireff.com. Um, guys, it's a really cool format. You get a salary cap. You pick your rosters. Player's value goes up and down each week. It's kind of like playing the stock market and fantasy football at the same time. So if you guys want to check it out, go to empireff.com. Sign up for free. You get a chance of winning $1,000. And, uh, yeah, that's Empire. Great guys. I'm pretty good friends with the uh, CEO there. So cool stuff. Um, Let's go to question number six, which is, do you draft a backup quarterback in one quarterback leagues? And that's by, okay, KM, and there's a lot of A's here. I don't know yeah, if I got it's, the it's, exact number of A's. Pretty, but... This is pretty easy to me. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> you know what's funny? It kind of sounded like you were cutting out for a second. I was like, come on. <laughs> no, that's his name. Come on. Come on. Come on. Um, do I draft the back of quarterback in one quarterback leagues? Not unless it's like a 16 or 20 team league. Right, because if it's a twenty-team league, if you don't pick a backup quarterback, you don't have a backup quarterback for that bye week. If you're in a twenty-team league, there's going to be eight teams without a backup quarterback for that bye week. Oh wait, no, that's not how that works, is it? Yeah, that's how that works. I was trying to think of the math, but um, yeah. So if I'm in a large league, I'd say like a sixteen to twenty-team, maybe a fourteen-team. Uh, I will pick a backup quarterback, but if I'm in a 12 or smaller in a one quarterback league, no chance I'm 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 picking up a backup. I uh, I think the only situation where I'd pick up a backup this year is if I'm drafting Justin Fields or Trey Lance to use as trade bait for later. Yep. Um, or is if I if I pick up a quarterback who I'm not super confident in, um, like let's say you pick up. I don't know. You draft Kirk Cousins. Why would you? Never mind. That's a bad example. Uh, but the, you 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 draft like a you know a quarterback eight, quarterback nine, right? Whoever that whoever that is, right? And you end up you know just looking at the board in the thirteenth, fourteenth round, and you're like, all right, well, Justin Fields is still available for whatever reason. You draft him, keep him on your bench because he's probably the highest upside player. Uh, based on whoever's left on, you know, in the draft, right? Yeah. So you pick him up and you keep him on your bench and you use him as 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 trade bait. Or when he's finally starts, maybe he ends up being having the upside of being like a top three quarterback because he has that type of upside. So if that happens, then you replace whoever your quarterback was with Justin Fields, and then you end up trading your quarterback away. And if no one cares about your quarterback, you cut that quarterback. That's the only way I do it. Is if I think that the potential of a later round quarterback has more upside than the quarterback I drafted. Plus the fact that you have that trade bait. Those are the only, those, those that's the only scenario. Um, if I'm in a, a shallower league, like a 10 or 12 team league, because otherwise you can stream, especially in a 10 teamer. There's no yeah. reason 
there's no other reason to draft a, a quarterback in a 10 teamer. Absolutely. Absolutely. And does that, this is not part of the question, but I'm curious, does that notion change if this is a six point per passing touchdown league? Or are you still not considering? No, I'm still not considering it. <laughs> okay. Okay. So seventh question here. This is from Marvin Yako. Uh, Marvin underscore Yako, sorry. Who to pick at the 10th overall spot in a half PPR 10-team league? Um, so you're picking 10th overall, and this is a 10-team league, which means you are at the turn. I normally don't want to go Travis Kelsey route. But in a 10-team league, you kind of want to make yourself the outlier. You want to get um, the best players at each position as possible to kind of set yourself apart. Because the rosters without <laughs> without Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller or George Kittle are all going to look like carbon copies of the same exact thing with like having this tight end who may or may not produce in that area. So I think by securing a guy like George Kittle – or Darren Waller or someone like that, I think is really important. So Travis Kelsey, I would consider him here. Um, but at the very least, I would do a wide receiver and a running back and then go double running back when it comes back to you. You can get two running backs to start if you want. Um, but for me, I, I, I want to get the best at each position that I can. I'm going Najee Harris and Joe Mixon here. Like if, I'm, if, if, I'm, if I'm at the turn in a half PPR, I'm getting the two bell cows. I want sure. bell cows. Just give me bell cows, and then I'll figure out the wide receiver position later. Like that's it. basically that's my answer. I like that. I, like, I mean, you said Joe Mixon. How can I? <laughs> so, talk about Najee Harris. We're gonna get into our eighth question here. Um, this comes from Batalon One, Saquon or Najee Harris in Dynasty. Ooh. So, Saquon. would you rather have Saquon? Yeah. Saquon's the guy. Um, listen, Najee Harris, um, the reason why he's being drafted at the one-two turn and the reason why I just literally said that I would draft him at the 10th spot uh, at the turn is because of his role. Um, the difference between Najee Harris and Saquon is the fact that Saquon is like, a, he's literally a generational talent. He is somebody who, when healthy, can be the best running back in the league for years to come. On top of that, he'll have a bell cow role. So you have elite talent plus bell cow role. I personally would not consider Najee Harris an elite talent. Is he extremely capable? Yes. If you give him a bell cow role, will he excel? Of course, because most running backs would. So that's how I view this situation. In a dynasty league, I'm going with talent first with the combined with the bell cow role because Saquon is elite in everywhere. Um, yeah, it's Saquon. Yeah, I, I get it. Like the ACL, this is only a question because of the ACL injury. Yeah. Right. So I, I understand that. Rookie, but... but Saquon is still young. He can still overcome. And even if it's not this year where he absolutely goes ape shit again, as early as next year, he'll be, he, listen, he's going to play this year. He's back. He's going to get production. So it's not like you're not going to get an RB one season out of him. Right. Maybe not the RB1. You'll, you'll get an RB1 season out of him, most likely. So at the same time, like yeah, because of that, I'm happy taking Saquon um, over Najee. Uh, in, if, I'm, if I'm starting a dynasty startup today, I'm taking Saquon over him. Yeah, I mean, I, I probably agree with that. You know, especially because Najee, he's got a, uh, a lot of college production under his belt. So I don't think his NFL career is going to be 
prolonged, especially if he's going to be the workhorse from the start from the Steelers. So I think uh, him and Saquon might be on a similar path in terms of when they both decide to hang it up or become irrelevant. So um, in that respect, um, I'm definitely fine with uh, taking Saquon over Nashi. So we have a ninth question here. This is a two-parter. Should I drop Justin Fields for Mac Jones? That's by Jack Lunder. And a similar question, um, basically, should I drop Trey Lance uh, for Mac Jones? And that's from Adam Hungry underscore. So would you drop either of these guys for Mac Jones? I would not. Me either. The answer is simple. The reason for that is because Mac Jones does not have any rushing ability. And he will not be running the ball. <laughs> and this is a team that does not want to lean on their rookie quarterback. Can Mac Jones be a great pocket passer? Sure. But for fantasy, you want to lean on the guys who have the ability to do it, uh, to do both, or just run the ball really well. <laughs> <gasps> no, no. My dog just peed on the floor. She's still peeing. She's still peeing. There's a lot of pee. She drank a lot of water when she... Okay. It's still going. Okay. I hear it. Yeah. yeah. She tried to tell me, to be fair. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I just hope this doesn't turn into poop now. I hope not either, man. All right. Should I'm going to go... Should, uh, yeah. Let me go pause the outside. podcast? Let's go yeah, pause, I think the, so. pause the podcast. Okay, cool. I think Bye. so. I'll be- All right. We're back. We actually just took a break. Uh, we paused the recording. We came back. Uh, Joe is dealing with a crisis right now uh, in his house where his dog has peed, uh, but not defecated everywhere, which is great. He, he caught that before that happened. So uh, the good thing is we, we got through basically all the questions. So uh, we're going to wrap it up here. Um, thank you guys for submitting the questions. And we appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. Uh, Joe, how's the cleaning going? not bad if anybody knows how to get pissed out of carpets please dm me um my poor dog who just got back from the hospital just could not hold it in so uh she's only two by the way it's not like she's like 15 or something but yeah you know it's uh it's going well it's either two or 15 right that's when the problems happen so yeah of course so all right guys well thank you guys for listening uh i'm faraz at upper hand fantasy that's joe at fantasy.football.analyst we'll see you guys next time Take it easy. See ya. See ya.